Hello and welcome to this EMJ podcast, the first in a series of three episodes discussing the latest developments in diagnosing latent TB. We'll consider the scale of the burden of TB in the world, how much is active and known, how much is likely to be latent and as yet undiagnosed. Then the various options for diagnosing TB, and finally the advantages of the newer techniques, especially for diagnosing latent TB in children. This podcast has been funded by Kaijin, though the discussions might not represent the position of Kaijin. I'm Sue Saville, former medical correspondent at Britain's ITV News, and now an independent health journalist. And I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Danilo Buensenso, a paediatrician at the Department of Woman and Child Health and Public Health at the Gemelli University Hospital in Rome. Welcome, Dr. Buensenso, or Danilo, if I may. Yes, of course you can. I'm really pleased to be here and discussing with you today about this very important topic. Thank you very much for inviting me. So, Danilo, could you start then by outlining the burden of TB in the world today, how it presents and and where it's most prevalent? Uh, Yes, of course. Thank you for asking. So, TB is still uh, today one of the major causes of disease worldwide. Uh, Only in 2020, uh, according to the latest global TB report published by the WHO in 2020-21, in 2020, we had more than 5 million new diagnoses of TB. And uh, at, at, uh, at the same time, there are an estimated more than 30 million people worldwide that have a latent TB infection. So this means that the burden of TB on human health is it, it's very important. And of course, it is a, a major uh, disease in, in specific settings, and more importantly, in, in low to middle income countries. But I have to say that even in Western countries or in higher um, income countries, TB, TB still represents an important cause of disease and death in both adults and children. So, Danilo, could you just clarify then what's that difference between active TB and latent TB? How much latent TB is there out there? Yes, of course. So, according to historical estimates, it it is thought that around one-fourth to up to one-third of the global population has latent TB infection. And according to um, very recent mathematical models, this number is probably around 1.7 billion people around the globe has latent TB infection. So the interaction between the tubercular bacilli and the humans are, are very complex. So the mycobacterium tuberculosis when enters in contact with the human respiratory tract, initially gives a state of infection that we call latent TB infection. In this phase, the humans, the host, is usually uh, able to contain the bacilli uh, through an effective immune response. We have a number of cells that are able to contain the bacilli and create a granuloma where the bacilli are kept in in a dormant state. This situation, this scenario is called as latent TB infection and is usually, and it is a a totally asymptomatic state. However, uh, as I was mentioning before, uh, during latent TB infection, the host is not able to completely kill the bacilli, but this bacilli remains in a dormant state. 
This means that um, some factors that negatively impact the ability of the immune system of containing the bacilli can somehow lead to a replication of the mycobacterium tuberculosis. As the, the mycobacterium tuberculosis replicates, it can cause a number of clinical manifestations, and this state is known as TB tubercular disease. In tubercular disease, uh, we have pneumonia, for example, or a number of systemic manifestations like lymph nodal disease, osteocircular tuberculosis, central nervous system tuberculosis. During disease, therefore, the host, the person who, who has TB, has a number of signs and symptoms. While during latent TB infection, the host has been in contact with, with the bacilli but has no symptoms because it's still able to contain the, the bacilli in a dormant state. This is a dynamic scenario where the, uh, the human immune system and the bacilli interact each other. And according to which one prevails to the other, we can have the, the latent infection or the active TB disease. And, and as a paediatrician, can, can you tell me why is it that children seem to be so much more at risk from progression from this latent stage of TB through to the active stage? Yes, of course. So, uh, as I was mentioning, a critical phase of the latent TB infection is that the immune system is strong enough to, to stop the replication of the mycobacterium tuberculosis. So in children, and particularly in younger children, those younger than five years of age, or even more in those younger than one year of age, the immune system is still not trained enough to fully contain the replication of mycobacterium tuberculosis. And therefore, we know from historical data that children have a significantly higher risk of progressing from latent TB infection to active TB. And this risk is particularly high for those children uh, younger than one year of age, for which we, ha we have a, an around 10 to 20% risk of progressing from latent TB infection to active TB disease if we don't recognize soon latent TB infection and we treat accordingly. It could be then very serious for these young children. How severe could it be? Tuberculosis can cover a wide range of disease severity in adults, but even in children. In children, as I was saying before, those of younger age or, or children that for any reasons has any impairment in the immune system are those at higher risk of developing se severe forms of disease. Children can have a, a pneumonia or lymph nodal mediastinal TB or lymphadenitis, but they are also at higher risk of progressing to disseminated extrapulmonary tuberculosis. For example, children can have TB meningitis or central nervous system TB tuberculosis, which is a very severe disease with a high rate of fatality or of negative outcomes, even after the cure. But each children can also develop relatively frequently bone tuberculosis, spinal tuberculosis, abdominal tuberculosis. It's a very wide range of possible manifestations. And I wonder, in some Western countries like the UK, like, like the USA, the figures for the prevalence of TB are very low, perhaps even historically low. So is there a risk that we're becoming complacent and not realising the urgent need to diagnose latent TB in children? Yes, this is an important point you, you were mentioning. I have to say that in high-income countries, TB is usually not a disease we hear or listen too much on the media. And therefore, 
this can generate a, a false low risk, low per per perception of this risk in most developed countries. However, uh, it is important to remind that TB is a, a possible risk even in the highest uh, income settings. And the public health experts, infectious disease experts, pediatric infectious disease doctors also are very aware that uh, for a number of, of reasons, TB is always a possible diagnosis, even in, in our setting. And I have, if I, if I can, I want to highlight that specifically during these last two years, due to some negative indirect impact of the pandemic, there, there has been probably uh, some delays in, in some preventive measures. We will discuss about that later. There has been some disruptions in, in screening programs. For example, we know from some epidemiological data that we may have missed a number of TB diagnoses during the first year of the pandemic. And therefore, from, uh, from the healthcare workers' perspective, uh, we are expecting a possible rebound of new TB diagnosis because we uh, have the feeling we have missed quite an important number of Latin TB cases. Well, Dr. Danilo Buonsenso, thank you so much for that introduction, giving us a sense of the burden of TB, particularly latent TB. Uh, I look forward to our next two episodes of this podcast when we're going to touch on some of those options for diagnosis and some of the newer techniques. It's been great talking with you. Thank you very much. It was a big pleasure. Thank you. And for our listeners, do tune in to those next episodes and also do visit the EMJ website. That's at www.emjreviews.com, where there are more podcasts on a variety of other topics. So there's plenty there to explore. So meanwhile, goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.